Blog Talk Radio. Paleo Hebrew 
I'm your host, your friend, your brother, as always, Tyler Pye. I'm joined this morning once again by Hathadiah. Sure. And welcome to the show, y'all. Welcome to uh, Bible Talk, uh, sponsored by ISBHPK, um, also sponsored by Sport the Truth. Uh, I'm your host, your brother, Tyler Pye. And I want to uh, send shouts out to the brothers here in San Antonio, uh, send shouts out to the brothers in Rochester and VA and in H-Town, man. And uh, shouts out to uh, 12 tribes worldwide, man. I want to send special shouts out to and a round of applause, man, for... um, To the brothers, uh, believers of the way, man, I had a chance to uh, see something they had posted on YouTube by way of Mashallah, the water Mashallah for sending it to me, brother. And I'm definitely going to speak on that a little bit later on in the show. I hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody had a good weekend, man. Everybody had a good Shabbat. Let's get Matthew chapter six, and I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna start at verse nine, like I always do. So Matthew chapter six and verse nine. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sending up on a daily. So we may be delivered from this parent, debaucherous, sinister, evil, wicked, whatever negative Disgusting word you can come up to describe this place, and we can get the hell up out of here, y'all. This is what we should be praying every day. Our children should be praying this also every day so we can get up out of here, man. I, for one, would not like to see my children grow up here in this place. All right, let's get Psalm chapter 118 and verse 24, please, ma'am. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good, bad, happy, and sad. And the most high brought you to it, we're going to bring you through it. And you come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. So whatever the situation may be, we have to remember that the most high created it for a reason. And us in the truth, we strongly believe that every scenario has a purpose and has a reason. Everything we go through in life has a reason. And I would advise when you're going through things, the first thing you have to do is do a self-evaluation, a self-check, man, which our people don't like doing. We like blaming everybody for what's going on with us based off the decisions that we made or the situations we put ourselves in. We never want to be held accountable, man. Israel, come on, y'all. That's what children do. 
you know, you quiz a child about something they did wrong, man, they got a thousand excuses. But folly is bound in the heart of a child, so you can expect that out of a child. We shouldn't be still acting childlike as grown adults, especially in this, in this, in this truth, in the spirit, as so-called uh, spiritually mature Israelites. We shouldn't still be making excuses for our shortcomings, man. Just change. Just change. You know, I had a conversation with a brother not too long ago. And the brother had, uh, by roundabout way, it just came out, man, that the brother was uh, smoking icky icky, smoking the weeds. And um, I, was, I was told about him, like, bro, come on out. You know you're wrong. You know you are. Because the brother's been in long enough to know he shouldn't be doing. He shouldn't be doing that. He knows this already. He's been through that already. So the brother was trying to justify him smoking weed. <laughs> and I guess he thought I was going to go around and around about with him. But I'm like, I just, I'm just, I just responded to him like, brother, just change. Brother, just stop smoking weed. <laughs> you know it's wrong. I don't know why you sitting up here arguing with me trying to justify what you did when you already know it's wrong, man. Just stop. And the brother, he'll hit me back. He was like, "Con out." I was like, "Cool, man. We we ain't gotta go around about <laughs> with this. We gotta go relative You know you're wrong, bro. Accept responsibility for your actions. Take the check. Stop doing what you're doing that's negative and move on, man. It ain't gotta be this knockdown, drag out fight. But that's how Israel is, man. We always got a damn rebuttal, and we argue for distance and irritation, and the whole time." That's part of our strategy to back people up off of us. Listen, people, you can back people up off of you. I'm talking about the people that you see on the daily. But you can't back the most high up off, up off of you because when you're doing wrong, the most high is going to show up, and he's going to put his finger on you. And he's going to keep it there till you get yourself in order, till you keep yourself get yourself right. He ain't going nowhere. You you can try to run, duck and hide, do all this other stuff, all these intricate plots you might have, but he's still gonna be right there. Try to do your stuff in the low in the dark. You know the most I created darkness, right? He created darkness everywhere. What is the term? Omnipresence? Everywhere. At every time. So even if the people that's checking you don't see what you're doing on the low, the most high sees it, and he will check you. Trust me, man, you want the person that you see on the daily to check you and correct you. You want that person to do it. You don't want the most high to do it, y'all. The most high, it says uh, the most high is the king of terrors. It says it is, a, it, is, it is a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of the living God, man. Y'all be warned, man. Be admonished. Stop making excuses for yourself. Just change. Please, just change. Um, what was that, man, before I got on my soapbox? It's huh? It's oh, okay. You put this over there for me, please. 
Oh, yeah, all that coming from Psalms, the day which the Lord made. Enjoy <laughs> be glad in it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know it'd be a hard pill to swallow sometimes, y'all, but it's what we must do nonetheless. Oh, yeah, let me say shout out to uh, the brothers in Albuquerque, man. We're getting it in out there, man. Always trying not to uh, send shouts out to you, brothers. So uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, y'all, what I usually do is about an hour, sometimes less, sometimes more, of current events and news. Uh, and then I'll get into the topic at hand, which I'm very excited to get into this topic. Um, I hope y'all been following the series, man, because um, – and I ain't trying to toot my own horn in that, man, but it's been some very good information coming out in these classes, man. And information like, I'm like, wow, I'm mind blown, you know? Including today's class, man, I don't like it. Um, so get your notebooks out, your pen, paper, et cetera. But let's go ahead and jump into the news. So I want you to read this, and this is from CNN, y'all. Read the headline right there. I hope everybody can hear us loud and clear also. From CNN.com, did U.S. soccer just score an own goal? Reported November 29, 2022. Mm -hmm. When U.S. and Iranian players take the pitch for their critical World Cup clash on Tuesday, they'll be jogging onto a bed of hot geopolitical coals. The game, which the U.S. must win to get to the knockout phase of the tournament, will take place in the middle of extraordinary controversy that is notable even for this year's World Cup, Mm -hmm. which was already in danger of being remembered as a political rather than sporting spectacular. Right. I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, sports and politics always overlap. Rightly so, man. The Most High has a great, great, great sense of humor because sporting events and entertainment events are distractions. They're used to get you distracted off of geopolitical politics or current events going on domestically, things that affect your everyday life. So these events are used to distract you from that to keep you picking up the smartphone and actually reading about some of these events rather than being all on damn TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and all this other mess, other distractions. So the most High has a great sense of humor by intertwining the two. Always. Political, po- politics and sports go together, hand in glove. Case in point, this article. Read on. The United States Soccer Federation this weekend changed Iran's flag on its social media page to highlight the struggles of women protesters inside the Islamic Republic. Now, CNN is being very disingenuous right now because what they're not mentioning is how the U.S. and on their little social media thing, they did post Iran's flag, but they removed the Islamic symbol from their flag, as to say they're not an Islamic nation or a holy nation. They're making a mockery of their country. That's disrespectful. So in turn, what you know what they did? They posted an American flag burning. <laughs> That's what they did. So tensions are very high. 
this damn soccer game, I might tune in and watch it. But it may have inadvertently created a huge distraction for its own team ahead of its biggest game in years. The move prompted the Iranian state-aligned media agency, Tazneem, to tweet that team hashtag USA should be kicked out of the hashtag World Cup 2022. So this is what they said, and they protested. And like I said, they was burning that American flag. Then on Monday, the U.S. coach, Greg Berhalter, and Captain Tyler Adams endured a grilling from Iranian journalists about U.S. travel bans, naval maneuvers in the Persian Gulf, and their pronunciation of Iran. See, see they banging on them. So these, they're interviewing the team, and the team's coming out. You know how they had a, uh, the pregame conference, press conference or whatever? And you come out and talk about the strategies and what you going to do and who you gonna, how you going to guard this and guard that. Well, they ain't running to none of that. They ran to politics. So these are athletes running right to the middle of this giant uh, geopolitical poop storm. <laughs> they think they come out there to talk about soccer, and they start getting grilled about why the U.S. is uh, conducting maneuvers in the Persian Gulf. And what else was they talking asking them about? About the pronunciation. Why are you pronouncing our country name all effed up? <laughs> what else did they say? It was something else they, they uh said they they asked them about. About the travel bans, the naval maneuver. The travel bans. Remember the travel bans that Trump instituted way back when? About uh not uh, Muslim people coming to this country? They're still in effect. Under Biden. That's why you stupid uh, political folks, Republican, Democrat, all the same damn people. So they asked him about that travel ban and what else? Naval maneuvers in the Persian Gulf. And why y'all doing damn military drills and exercises in the Persian Gulf? Because y'all so quick talk about uh, North Korea and how they be conducting those those, uh, missile launches. Y'all quick to talk about them, but y'all are underhandedly in the dark, so to speak, at least on this side of the world, conducting military exercises right there in the Gulf, right next to Iran. Hmm. They so they such damn hypocrites, man. That's why I can't stand Esau. Read on. Adam, who is African American. Now this is a brother. At the press conference, he owned the U.S. soccer team. Read. Uh, Adams, who is African-American, was also asked how he feels representing a country where there is so much racial discrimination. You see how the Iranian is uh, keeping it real with his brother. Like, bro, how you feel representing the U.S. after all the stuff that he did to your people? Nigga. <laughs> that is a chin check for your ass right there, boy. You get checked internationally. I wonder how that made him feel. We know. Burhalter said he and his players knew nothing about the U.S. soccer post ahead of time, but also tried to diffuse the route. We had no idea what U.S. soccer put out. The staff, the players, we had no idea, Burhalter said. Yeah, I bet. Anyway, so that's enough of that. Let's get Jeremiah chapter 49. This whole chapter is really bringing all these people. 
But we're going to jump around a little bit uh, because of time. Yeah, Jeremiah chapter 49, start at verse 7. Jeremiah 49 and 7. Concerning Edom, thus saith the Lord of hosts. Concerning who? Edom. Now, if you've been tuned in and listening to the series that I've been doing, Never Wax Tale, you're already familiar with who Edom is. I've been reading this book, Who is Esau, Who is Edom, by Charles A. Wiseman. For quite some time, we're gonna go back into it today. Go back into it today, as well as other sources, talking about who Esau or Edom is, man. And this is so-called white man. These are facts, historical proofs and facts. I'm not making stuff up. So it's talking about the so-called white man. Read that part again. Concerning Edom, thus the Lord of hosts is wisdom no more in Teman? Is counsel perished from the prudent? Is their wisdom banished? So the Most High said, is there no more wisdom in the nation of the Edomites? It says, is counsel perished? Y'all ain't getting counsel no more. It said, has their wisdom vanished? Because America used to be a mighty place. It used to be the place where you could get educated in, right? They're known for being smart. Well, the Most High said, man, your wisdom is gone now. You're doing stupid stuff like this at a sporting event? Talking about you trying to draw attention to the way Iran or Iranian, Iranians treat their women. Look at the way you treat your damn women. You're allowing them to mutilize their body by way of abortion because that's the hot uh, button topic or issue here in the States right now. What about that? What about how you're allowing trainees to play sports with women and go and use their bathroom? How about the way you treat your damn women? How about that? How about you putting trainees in female prisons and they getting the the, the, women, the, the female inmates pregnant? But you got the audacity to talk about how somebody else treating their women? How about the damn uh, crispy crack? Talking about the chemicals, the perms for our people, so-called black women, particularly Judah, that y'all been selling for them to straighten their hair that's causing them to have, uh, what is it, thyroid, uterine, uterine cancer. How about that? But you got the audacity to talk about how another country is treating their women? Stop, man. Propaganda, as usual. Your wisdom is gone, son. Verse 13. Verse 13. For I have sworn by myself, saith the Lord, that Basra... That what? Basra... Okay, y'all. Uh, so let's break this down so we ain't getting... Yeah, I should have looked up Tima, too. Uh, so we're going to go to the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary and get what Basra is, y'all. Uh, I don't want this to go over y'all heads. And here at uh, Bible Talk, man, we are big on proving all things, like the scripture says. So read this right here. Definition for Bible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> From the Zondervan Bible, Compact Bible Dictionary. Basra, 
city of Edom. So it is the city of Edom. So it's still talking about the Edomites, y'all. So-called white people. All right, that's it. Go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Uh, verse 13. Verse 13. For I have sworn by myself, saith the Lord, that Basra shall become a desolation. So is a city of Edom. Basra is a city in Edom. The Most High said it, he's going to make it des- a city of desolation. It means it's going to be a city of waste, a city of destruction. Read. A reproach. Mm-hmm. A, a, sh- a shameful place. That's what the word reproach means. Read. A waste and mm-hmm. a curse. And a curse. Read. And all the cities thereof shall be perpetual waste. So the Most High is letting you know he's going to destroy this place. He's going to destroy where the Edomites dwell. Uh, keep reading. Verse 14. I have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent unto the heathen. An ambassador is sent unto the heathen. You did the same thing in Obadiah, y'all. Send an ambassador to sit unto the heathen. Read. Saying, gather ye together <laughs> and come against her. So this ambassador is going to the heathen. The word heathen means nation. Nations, heathen, and Gentiles, all the same word. The the nominals call, call the heathen, uh, what do they call them? Gomorium. So he says that an ambassador is sent Unto the heathen. So this ambassador is sent to the other nations, besides the Edomites, saying what? I have heard a rumor. Gather ye. Gather ye together and come against her and rise up to the battle. So it says this ambassador has went and prompted all the other nations, besides the so-called white man, says let's rise up in battle against the so-called white man. Read. For lo, I will make thee small among the heathen. And the Most High said he didn't make the so-called white man small amongst the other nations. Read. And despised among men. And they are very much so despised. This is part I wanted to get to. I, the Iranians, they absolutely hate America. I don't know if y'all knew it, man, but America and Iran has been at war since like the 60s, man. This would be uh, equivalent to uh, the Cold War that America had going on with uh, Russia. But they've been at war with them, and they despise them. And it's not the, Iran is not the only country that hates the U.S. There are many countries that can't stand the U.S. You got some? <clears throat> So this is, like I said, the Most High has a great sense of humor. So this is coming out and being manifest in a damn soccer game, the World Cup. All right, so the next thing I want to get to is this clown named Charleston White, man. So I don't know if y'all have seen the video, us in the Israelite community, or um, just black, brown, Spanish people in general. So this clown Charleston White comes out. And he's saying that the brothers that came out in support of Kyrie Irving last week or last weekend, he's talking about how they ain't do nothing. He said, them niggas didn't do nothing. (laughs) Them niggas had books. They was just reading. Talking about, uh, what did he say? 
how those books gonna help our people? You said my they they wasn't out there slapping no white women. They didn't do nothing. They didn't. I'm like, dude, you ignorant as hell, man. But I'm listening to this dude, and he's an ignorant nigga, y'all. That's first and foremost. But I'm also seeing how he's a damn agent. It reminds me of that damn uh, song. I forgot what it was off of. It just stuck in my brain. Agent, man. <laughs> that nigga's an agent. You saw, we need to get that sound bite. <laughs> that nigga's an agent. Because only an agent and somebody who really really hates his people will come out and say something as stupid as he said. Talk about we didn't do nothing. Idiot. What you don't understand is our people just seen brothers out there the way that they was out there. And like you said, they ain't slapping no white women. They wasn't fighting. <clears throat> Nigga, that's the case in point. For our people to see brothers out there organized and unified in order, not slapping no white people, not causing no destruction, and mainly not fighting each other. That was all the brothers had to do. Because that gives our people hope that we could do what? Damn, we can unify. These brothers did it. Look how strong these brothers are. And then the brothers were chanting, not chanting, but calling cadence. And it was all positive stuff. They were repent. The repentance was in the in the uh, cadence. Talking about how they used to sell dope and destroy their community, but now they don't do that no more. Because Christ is our king. How damn powerful that is for black folks to see. This idiot talking about they didn't do nothing. Oh, so we were supposed to show up and have a twerking contest and smoke blunts? I guess he was, oh, yeah, them niggas showed up and showed out. Then we would have did something. Let's get St. John chapter uh, 1. Christ told us this, man. Yahawashah told us this. Let me breathe a little bit, man. I feel like I'm on the corner right now, street teaching. Losing my breath, forgetting to breathe because I'm too caught up. You got it? Uh, St. John chapter 1, verse 11. St. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. So this is talking about Christ. It's talking about Yahushua, y'all. And this is going way back when he popped up on the scene. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now, a lot of Christians and religious people like to pull this scripture right here and say, see, the Jews rejected Christ. The Israelites rejected Christ. That ain't true. But a lot of us did reject Christ and still do. We still rejecting Yahushua. We still rejecting Christ. When you come to your relative or your spouse or whoever it might be, and you show them, hey, man, we're supposed to keep the laws of the Heavenly Father. The first thing they say, all oh, the laws done away with. Christ died on the cross, and the law was nailed to him. We got to keep the Old Testament no more. Ignorant people, Christ said himself in the New Testament, 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I come not to destroy, but to fulfill. That's what Christ said himself. But y'all think that the Old Testament shouldn't be kept or the law, statutes, and commandments shouldn't be kept. Y'all don't even realize that that's the way, that's the reason we're in the conditions that we're in right now. It's concerning the law. Excuse me, the laws on loving each other. So when those people are telling you that you ain't got to keep the law, the law's done away with, Christ gave us grace, uh, all this other crap, these people are against. These are the very same people we're talking about, Christ talking about right here. He came to his own and own received not. They ain't receiving Christ. They're anti, which means against Christ. They're against Christ. Because Christ say different than what they feel or what they think or their opinion. So read this again. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. <laughs> like this nigga that we're talking about, this Charleston white nigga. Read. But as many as received him. But as what? As many as received him. Oh, what do you, what do you, you don't say? So some Israelites did receive Christ. But as many as did receive him. You know us, the ones who believe in the Bible, that believe in keeping the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, the ones that believe in uh, a man ruling his household and governing his family and his wife being in order, and that's how you build a nation. Those people, the ones who don't eat pork, shrimp, crab, or lobster, the ones who are not stealing and killing one another, the ones that are not committing adultery, those people that believe. This is how you believe on Christ. You keep the law, statutes, and commandments of his Father, the Heavenly Father, our Father. Read it again. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The gave, gave, to them he gave what? Power. Just book. Power. All them niggas didn't do nothing. Power. Um, I'm speaking of Hebrew Israelite niggas. Power. He gave us power. Idiot, Charleston White. You don't understand that there's power in unity? This is what white folks hate seeing. Why do you think they were so deaf on Kyrie posting this video? Idiot. If, if our people on a massive level woke up to the fact that we are the true Jews, the true Israelites of the book, and that we need to keep the law, statutes, and commandments, we would be unified. We would be wholeheartedly unified across the world. Think about it, man. All the Israelites across the globe unified as one? My goodness. To where you can communicate with a brother over in England, a brother down in South America, Central America, and tell, and tell them, hey, y'all, look, today we all going to celebrate um, Passover on this day right here. No matter what day of the week it fell on. And we decided that we ain't going to work today and we ain't going to buy nothing. I'm taking the page out of the brother uh, believes of the way where he said he said the Sabbath, but I'm saying just Passover, throwing another high holy day out. 
Look at the power in that, man. Israel around the globe all celebrating Passover. And then this is the age of technology. So we could we could uh Skype it, we could FaceTime it and be communicating while we having the festivities, man, all across the globe. You can't tell me that ain't powerful. And Esau would be scared as hell. Matter of fact, let me get that, man. Let's get Revelations. Chapter 11. Yeah, no, no, hold that. We're going back, right, right back to it. Revelation chapter 11. And, um, ooh, yes. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 11. Revelation 11, 11. And after three days and in house, the spirit of life from God entered into them. So the three days and a half, y'all. It's uh, synonymous, or this is allegory for 350 years, man. This is from 16, I'm sorry, yeah, from 1619 to 1969, man. This is the period that it's covering. I'm not breaking this whole chapter down, but I got to get that and fill you in on this information so you won't be lost. So read the part again. And after three days and in hell, the spirit of life from God entered into them. The them is us. The spirit of the Most High is his word, his statutes and his commandments, and the fact of who we are as a people and as a nation. So after 350 years, the word of the Most High got out. Read. And they stood up, They stood upon their feet. And we started to stand up on our feet, like you've seen them brothers at the Boarcade Center, read. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. And great what? Great fear fell upon them which saw them. Why was great fear falling on everybody that witnesses all the Edomites that saw this? Because the brothers was unified. That's why they were scared. That's This is biblical, y'all. Now watch this. This is what he's did you. Chapter 37 now. Hold the uh, revelation. I got a little time. Ezekiel chapter 37, and uh, what verse I want to get? Man, I got to do that uh, Revelation 11 break. I ain't did that in a while, man. Uh, Start at... uh, yeah, let's go straight to the point. Verse 10. Ezekiel 37 and 10. Now, this is the story of the dry bones, y'all. And the dry bones, in case you don't know, is all of Israel that are scattered throughout the four corners of the globe. So, in this uh, analogy, these dry bones, so it's basically saying that we were dead. Now, watch this. So, I prophesied as he commanded me. So, this is what Ezekiel said. So, he prophesied or he taught, and that's what prophesied means to teach. He said, he prophesied as the Most High commanded him, read. And the breath came into them. And the breath came into them, the spirit of life, which is the word of the Most High, the same thing that is talking about in Revelation chapter 11, read. And they lived. And we lived, read. And stood up upon their feet. We started to raise up, man, out of the spiritual muck and spiritual dirt that we was in. 
Read. An exceeding great army. And we stood up as a what? Exceeding great army. What did Esau see last weekend, them brothers at the Boisquet Center? An exceeding great army. What is Esau scared of? An exceeding great army. Because if we come together as a people, as a nation, all under the umbrella and the instruction manual of the Bible, we become a what? Exceeding great army. Now we're an army. Now we're a problem. I hope y'all are seeing this. Now go back to Revelation chapter 11, read verse 11 again. Revelation 11, 11. And after three days and in half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. And we stood upon our feet, how? An exceeding great army. Remember that. Ezekiel chapter 37, we just read it. Read. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. And this is why they scared. This is why they panicking, y'all. Hey, the the, the brother Kyrie Irving shook up the world with a damn video. Shook up the world. He didn't woke, he didn't woke up sleeping dogs. Like it says, uh, Genesis 49, Judah is a lion's whelp. He crossed it down. It said, who shall rise him up? Go ahead. Is that who should rise him up? A video of him then woke Judah up. <laughs> Ain't that some? Now let's go back to uh, St. John now. St. John chapter 1. Then I'm going to read 11 again. So it says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to power. The unity, y'all. Power, there's unity, there's power in unity. He gave power to them to become the sons of God. This is what makes you a child of the most high. You believe. You believe in the law, statutes, commandments, as well as the faith of Christ. You gotta have both. You can't separate the two. It says, even to them that believe it on his name. All right, that was verse 12. So, all right, now let's jump. Let's get in Romans chapter 9 and verse 6. So what I had to bring it out for y'all is to show that it's a lot of us that's going to wake up. We're in the age of wokeness, right? They, they call it, I guess. A lot of us are waking up to who we are as a people, as a nation. But a lot of us still sleep, and a lot of us ain't going to accept Christ. So when you come to your relatives and you try to show them and they don't get it, man, don't feel no kind of way. It ain't meant for them to get it. It's not meant for them to get it. They ain't gonna. Everybody ain't gonna receive Christ. Uh, Romans chapter nine verse six. It says, "Not as though the word of God had taken an effect." So we know that the Most High Word has very strong effect. Is what Paul is saying. Uh, not as though the word of God has taken an effect. It says, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. And ain't that the truth, man? (laughs) Just because you come from our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, don't make you an Israelite in the spirit, man. A lot of us is niggas. And I can't put it no other kind of way. A lot of us are degenerate. Ass niggas, excuse my French, that hate their own people. And you can't 
convince them otherwise. They're just going to stay here and burn in this damn place. Now let's get uh, St. John chapter 8 and verse 30, start verse 33. Because in Romans it says, all Israel is not of Israel. Now it's going to go into what Paul is talking about, man. St. John chapter 8, verse 33. Mm-hmm. They answered him. Now, the they is talking about Israelites. We're going to tell you, read. We be Abraham's seed. So this is what they was telling Christ. Man, we Abraham's seed. We come from Abraham's lineage. We Israelites. We Jews. You know, like a lot of our people. And when I say that a lot of our people ain't going to accept Christ, I'm talking about Israelites that know who they are and Israelites that don't know who they are. I want us to understand this because there are some Israelite groups now that don't, that's Old Testament Israelites only. So read this again. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. Uh-huh. And we're never in bondage to any man. Uh-huh. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? <laughs> so Christ told them that they was going to be made free. What verse was that? Two, I'm sorry, y'all. Let me read it in context. St. John 8 and 32. And ye shall know the truth. Now, this is what Christ told them. Ye shall know the truth. Like a lot of our people is knowing and the truth now, waking up to the truth, read. And the truth shall make you free. And now we've become free because we're not held hostage to all the damn lies that we've been told, all the ideology that we grew up with, all the paganism that we grew up with. So so now we've been made free from your perception of us, of what you think we should be or the box that you put us in. The truth has made us free from all of that. This is what Christ is trying to explain to these Israelites here. And made us free from our sins because why we got the law now, so we, now we know what sin is. Because before he didn't know, they just told you it was a bad feeling. But the Bible says that sin is the transgression of the law. So once we know the truth, which is the Bible, which is the commandment, then now we made free from our sins. Now we ain't sinning no more. Read. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage to any man. See, it's over their head. They don't even understand that Christ is telling them that you're still in bondage to your sins. Read. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Mm -hmm. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. See, this is what he's trying to explain to these people. Y'all are still sinning, so y'all are still in bondage. Now, zoom out of verse 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Here they go again. Abraham, my daddy, read. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the work of Abraham. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at that. You see how Christ was, Christ was wrong with it. Abraham, kids, you be acting like your dad. What you ain't. Read. Verse 40. But now ye seek to kill me. And y'all want to kill me. <laughs> Read. A man that hath told you the truth. Why, why, why was Christ killed by us in the first place? Read that again. A man that hath told you the truth. Like our people. 
we tell our people the truth, and what do they do? The first thing they want to do is fight us. That's after the argument. That's after all them. You see, you can see the spirits coming up off of them while they arguing with you, get mad, get frustrated. And you keep hitting them with the word, and then they want to hit you physically. It was no different for Christ. This is why Christ was killed, y'all. Contrary to what you heard, Christ was killed for telling the truth. Our people don't want to hear the truth. What's that damn movie? Uh, with uh, the dude who plays Joker, Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Our people can't handle the truth about themselves, man. Christ said, you want to kill me because I'm telling you the truth about yourself. Like this nigga Charleston White. Read. Which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. <laughs> Abraham didn't tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm here with you. Read. Ye do the deeds of your father. Listen to what he's saying, though. He said, no, nah, you do the deeds of your daddy. But he just said that they don't act like Abraham. So he's telling them that they ain't the spiritual sons of Abraham. He's not talking about in physicality, y'all. He's not talking about anatomy. Read that again. Ye do the deeds of your father. Read. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. Uh-uh. We born of fornication. Read. We have one father, even God. God is our father. He's our heavenly father. This is what they're saying. Like a lot of our people. Man, my God. Not my God. That ain't what y'all are teaching and preaching. That ain't my God. That ain't my Jesus. Not my God. This is the same thing they were saying, man. It ain't nothing new under the sun. Read. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father. If God was your daddy. Read. You would love me. You would love me. Read. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Because he sent me to tell y'all the truth about y'all so y'all could change. Read. Neither came I of myself, Mm -hmm. but he sent me. He sent me. I'm coming in his name. But y'all hate me and trying to kill me because I'm telling you the truth. Read. Why do ye not understand my speech? Why can't y'all understand what I'm telling y'all? Because they still thinking they talking about in the in the in the in the uh, the flesh mm-hmm. anatomy. Read. Even because ye cannot hear my words. Because my words ain't penetrating your ears like when we teach our people on the street corner, or you pull your people, your family members to the side, try to teach them, it falls on deaf ears. Christ said, "You you can't hear me. You're not listening." Read. Ye are of your father, the devil. He said, your spiritual father is the devil, not the most high, not Abraham. I ain't talking about the physical. I'm talking about the spiritual. Your spiritual father is the devil. So when Paul said, oh, Israel is not of Israel, this is what he's talking about. A lot of us have the spirit of Satan in us. The word Satan means deceiver, adversary. That's who we are, man, as a people. Sadly to say, that's who this nigga Torsten White is. He's a deceiver. He is an adversary. Read on. And the lust of your father ye will do. Because this, this is why people don't want to obey the law. Because we don't want to be told what we can and can't do. It's all about our senses. We, the things we lust. I, nigga, they ain't going to tell me. I can't smoke no blunt. 
Boy, you ain't gonna tell me I can't wear these these leggings, these tight jeans, these boot shorts. You ain't gonna tell me. God gave me this. Take what my mama gave me. It ain't tricking this guy. You ain't gonna tell me what to do. That's how you know we we God's children, man. We we are degenerate and all. Reed. He was a murderer from the beginning. So your daddy, your pastor was a murderer from the beginning, Reed. And abode not in the truth. And abode not in the truth. Now, what this is talking about, it's talking about Cain, who was the world's first murderer. But he was the devil's son. That's who he was. That's who he's talking about. So y'all are children of Cain. He was a murderer from the beginning. The world's first murderer was Cain, Reed. Because there is no truth in him. And ain't no truth in him. Read. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He's making these things up. He's lying. Because remember, he was, matter of fact, read. For he is a liar and the father of it, of it. He was the world's first liar and the world's first murderer. Remember, go back. This is recorded history of Genesis. The, what is it? The second? No, the fourth chapter. Go back. Recorded history. Remember, God asked him, hey, where Abel at? He said, I don't know. Am I, bro- my, am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> he lied. This is what it's talking about. So a lot of our people, they are of the seed of Cain, the, 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 the seed of the devil. Galatians chapter 2, verse 4. We got a couple more minutes. I'm going to get into this class. Galatians chapter 2, and verse 4. So y'all, if y'all just tuning in on this just first time, uh, hour about an hour current against the news, which we're still in now, and then we're going to get to the uh, topic at hand. Go ahead. Galatians 2 and 4. Mm-hmm. And that because of false brethren. And because of what? Brethren. Secret agent <laughs> man. You got to get that, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> because of damn agents. Because of fabs. It's an acronym, y'all. Fake-ass brothers. That's what a fab is. Because of what? Read it again. Because of false brethren. Because of fake-ass brothers. Because of agents. Read. Unaware. And you don't be aware that they fake or they're agents. Read. Brought in. Mm-hmm. Who came in privately. Who to, came in privately. Read. To spy out. To do what? Spy out. To spy out. Y'all remember I read that anti-defamation league thing about the mm-hmm. black people, Israelites. And all the information they had on us dating back to before Abba Bivens and One West, they've been spying. There, there are agents, plural, amongst us. The Bible told us this, though. Read. To spy out our liberty. To spy out our liberty, our freedom. In what? In Christ. Because we're not in bondage to our sins no more. And we have liberty to not celebrate your damn pagan house. Uh, uh, holidays, and, and we ain't got to be ashamed of it. And we can back it out through Bible, biblical proofs, through damn history. Shame on y'all running around celebrating the genocide of y'all people last week. Come on, some damn Thanksgiving. Idiots. What's wrong with you people? Read on. Which we have in Christ Jesus. No doubt. Is that it? That they might bring us into bondage. Uh, what is our people trying to do? 
Bring us into bondage. What are these agents trying to do? Bring us into bondage. These infiltrators. Bring us into bondage. These fabs. Bring us into bondage. They're trying to bring us back into slavery, to bondage, where we got all the lies clouding our vision, all the deception clouding our vision, and we back into our sins, man. Now let's get Luke chapter 12, verse 51. Mm-hmm. Luke. Now listen to what Christ saying, y'all. Luke chapter 12 and verse 51. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. Huh. He said, oh, that's what you think I come? I come in peace? Read. I tell you nay. Christ said no. <clears throat> the word nay means no. He said he didn't come for peace. Why did he come, read? But rather division. Christ came to bring about division because some are going to believe the Bible, as the Bible says, the whole book, not just the New Testament. And then there are some that ain't going to believe. This is where the division is going to take place at. It should be taking place now. Read. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided. And it's going to be people in your very own household divided. Israelites, not Israelites. I want to understand this, man. And don't think it's strange when your wife go left or your husband go left or your kids go left. Christ said this was going to happen. There's going to be division. Is that it? Three against two and two against three. Because, meaning, you have to push people out. There's going to be some division. There's going to be some agents. Uh, get, um, Zephaniah chapter 13. We got a minute. Trying to get get this all in, y'all. It's important stuff. No, I'm sorry. It's Zechariah chapter 13. My bad. Zechariah chapter 13. Verse 8. And verse 8, and it shall come to pass that in all the land, land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. When it's talking about the land, it's talking about the people, it's talking about us, Israel. That's what the name was named after because you named the land after the people. So it says, it shall come to pass that in all the land, in all of Israel, all our people, said the Lord, read, two parts. Two parts therein shall be cut off and die. So two-thirds. Matter of fact, read on. But the third shall be left therein. So two-thirds of Israel got to die. Two-thirds of niggas got to go. Got to get up out of here. They got to, they have to be executed. Read. And I will bring the third part through the fire. But the Most High said he's going to bring one-third of Israel through the fire. So one-third of us going to make it. But it's a lot of us that ain't. It's a lot of us going to die, including our relatives. I know we'd be having that, that damn soft heart. We want to save everybody. Wish our relatives could get the truth 
get the knowledge, but you done brought it to them on several occasions, and they just ain't going to get it. They just ain't going to accept it. Well, it's up to us to accept. We got to, like the, it says about the sister in Maccabees, Second Maccabees chapter 7, it says she uh, girded up her loins with a mannish stomach. We got to man up and accept the fact that our a lot of our relatives don't die. They ain't going to make it. This is a fact, y'all. This nigga Charleston White ain't going to make it. And we got to be cool with that, y'all. This is something we should be thinking about right now. A lot of your loved ones ain't going to make it. And you can't go against the will of the Most High. It says, and I will bring the, uh, the third part through the fire, meaning we're going to go through something. And we'll refine them as silver is refined. We ain't just, we ain't twinkie clean because the way you refine silver is you burn it in the furnace. This is an analogy to the tribulation and the turmoil that we're going to have to go through just to get to the kingdom. Read. And we'll try them as gold is tried. And we're going to be tried, Read. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. So after we go through this process, the breaking process, getting all the pride broke up out of us. All the contention broke out of us. Then the Most High say we can call on his name, and then he'll hear. But until you broke this up in you, the Most High ain't listening to you. Read. I will say, it is my people. Then, then I'm going to claim you. After the Most High cleans us up, then he'll claim us. Read. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. So when you get people saying, uh, it ain't my Jesus, it ain't my God, referring to the Bible, he ain't. You got to go through a very uh, tedious process to become, like Jesus Christ even told you, the sons of God. All right, y'all. You get off the soapbox on that one. And let's get into the class now because this is 11 o'clock. I'm two minutes behind. As always, I got a lot of information I want to cover. So this is continuation of the class, Never Wax Tail, the falsified people that call themselves Jews. All right, so last week we stopped at Matthew chapter 2 and verse, uh, read verse 16 again. So what we went over last week and we discussed was um, Herod, his lineage, and how um, he, he went to our seminary schools and learned to become a Jew as well as, well as, his, as his son. And I had I got all the proof to prove it. Go back and check that uh, episode out. So that's what we was going over last week, and we're going to continue this week, and then moving up to um, where we are now as far as the fake people, the falsified people, falsified people that call themselves Jews. So I want you to read uh, read this again right here. Matthew two mm-hmm. and. Uh, 2 and verse 16. Matthew 2, 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. So remember, back in verse 1, jump up to verse 1 real quick. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, 
And so Herod was the king of Judea, which made him at that time the king of the Jews. I covered this last week. All right? So reading the story how he was trying to be on the lookout for the, the birth of Christ, who was heir to the throne that he had stolen from the Hasmoneans. So jump down to verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof. So he went and he started killing Israelite babies, killing us, because he, he didn't know where Christ was, so he was like, I'll just kill all the babies. That was how old? From two years old and under. So Christ was on the run at this particular time. He was only two years old. He was a toddler. I hope y'all see this. He was just murking kids two years and under because he wasn't sure where the Messiah was at. Now, hold on. I'm looking for something real quick. Just to validate what we're saying, we're going to go to Wikipedia, and this is the timeline of Jerusalem. We're going to be reading a lot of this today. I want you to read this part right here. From 40 to 37 BCE, the Roman Senate appoints Herod king of the Jews. King of the what? King of the Jews. See, I'm not making this up, y'all. So why was Herod trying to kill Christ? Because Christ was the rightful heir of the throne. Because remember, Herod killed off the Hasmonean dynasty, the Maccabees. He killed that dynasty off. He killed that bloodline off. So he, that's why he was trying to kill Christ. Because Christ was the, is the rightful heir of the throne. He is the king of the Jews. But we don't. And provides him with an army. Following Roman general Publius Ventidius Bassus, defeat of the Parthians, in northern Syria, Herod and Roman general Gaius Sosius wrest Judea from Antigonus II, Mattathias. All right, that's all we need from right there. I just need to back this up with what we just read in uh, St. John chapter 1 and verse 16. So these are falsified people. Herod and his lineage were what, uh, <laughs> shouts out to Deacon Nathan, called nominals, fake Jews. So let's get Revelation chapter 2 and verse 9. And this is why Christ said this, y'all. Because brothers pull this all the time, man. And people will try to say, he ain't talking about the Jewish people. He talking about Israelites that were claiming to be Jews. No, he was not. We did. Revelation 2 and 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. So he's talking to us. So he said he knows our experience. He knows the black man, Hispanic man, Native American man's plight. Read. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews. And he said he knows the blasphemy. The word blasphemy means filthy, wicked lie. Because only, only an enemy or somebody that is wicked as hell would steal somebody's damn identity. Don't you people get this? This is illegal in America. Identity theft, duh, remember? 
that you can be persecuted. I don't know what the penalties are. You can be persecuted, I mean, prosecuted for doing this and go to jail and serve actual jail time. But here you have a whole nation that stole a whole other nation's identity. Ain't nothing happened to them. Christ said he hates them. Read that part again. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. He said, you know, the blasphemy of say they Jews and they are not the original Jews. They ain't the Israelites, y'all. These are the Herodians and all those Edomites, those converts. Because remember, when John Hycranus, uh converted the land of Edom, it wasn't just uh, Antipodus lineage and his son Herod and the Herodian. It wasn't just them. It was a whole bunch of Edomites that got converted. So it was a group of them that were still in Jerusalem during the time of Christ. So Christ saw them. This is what we're talking about. He said, I know the blasphemy to say they're Jews. Read. And are not. He said they ain't Jews, though. They're imposters. Read. But are the synagogue of Satan. He said those people is evil. The word synagogue means house. The word Satan means adversary. It's that they're the adversary. The adversarial house. They're against the real Jews. Revelation 3 and 9. <clears throat> Revelation 3 and 9. Behold. I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Those same fake Jews, those same nominals. Read. Which say they are Jews. Read. And are not. They say they're the Jews, but they ain't the Jews. I'm going to make those people. Read. But do lie. This is they do lie. They tell lies. And like I said, man, they want to say we anti this and anti that. We're anti lies. We're against lies, man. Read. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. I'm going to make them lying people come and worship before the real Jews' feet, the blacks, Latinos, so-called Native Americans. I'm, they're going to come worship at y'all's feet. Read. And to know that and, I. And I'm going to make it known. Read. And to know that I have loved thee. That I've only loved y'all. That my father has only loved y'all. So not me. Now, let's go to the book, Esau, Edom, page 9. So we're reading this book again. I told you we're going to go there, y'all. Who is Esau, Edom, by James Wiseman? That's his name, right? Let me make sure. No, I'm sorry. Charles Charles A. Wiseman is his name. Uh, going to page 9, and, yeah, at the top of page 9. Who is Esau Edom? During Titus's siege of Jerusalem from mm-hmm. 66 to 70 A.D., 20,000 Idumeans appeared before Jerusalem to fight in behalf of the zealots. How many Idumeans? 20,000. These are Edomites, y'all. So they showed up to fight on the behalf of us. <laughs> Read. Who were besieged in the temple. Mm-hmm. About 97,000 inhabitants of Judea were taken captive. Now, I said that 97,000 Jews, real Jews, were taken captive. Read. And an unknown number had fled either before or during the siege. Right. Where you at?
Okay. So it's talking about us fleeing. Now hold that right there. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go jump to this book just to prove what he's saying about how many of us left. So this is Babylon at Timbuktu. Uh, the author's name is Rudolph R. Windsor. And we're going to go page 84. Actually, we're going to read quite a bit of this. So page 84, read the highlights. Mm-hmm. Now listen to this, y'all. From Babylon to Timbuktu, page 84. In the year 65 B.C., the Roman armies under General Pompey captured Jerusalem. We just read about that in the other book. So in 65 uh, A.D., I'm sorry, yeah, B.C., the Romans, and this time about General Pompey, and this, I ain't going to cover all that history, man. But it says that this is when they occupied Jerusalem in 65 B.C. Read. In 70 A.D. Now listen to this. 70 A.D., read. General Vespasian and his son, Titus, put an end to the Jewish state. So this is when Jerusalem fell. With great slaughter. Mm -hmm. During the period of the military governors of Palestine, many outrages and atrocities were committed against the residue of the people. And you can read all about that in uh, Flavius Josephus' uh, War of the Jews. He covers that extensively. Read. During the period from Pompeii to Julius, it has been estimated that over one million Jews fled into Africa. How many Jews? One million. One million. Now, what did the uh, other book say about who fled? How many of us fled? Yeah. He said 97,000, right? About 97,000 inhabitants of Judea were taken captive. Uh, you see how the numbers are close? So this, this this history is accurate. In this book here, he says about 97,000. In this book, yeah, is he off a little bit, but... Um, I'm just trying to show how this book right here and the other book are basically saying the same thing. So read that part again here. About 97,000 inhabitants of Judea were taken captive, and an unknown number had fled. Uh-huh. Unknown number had fled. Read. Either before or during the siege. Or during the siege. And Christ told us to get out. I ain't going to get that, man, because I got too much information to cover. Anyway, read it. All right, back to from Babylon to Timbuktu. During the period from Pompeii to Julius, Mm -hmm. it has been estimated that over one million Jews fled into Africa, Mm -hmm. fleeing from Roman persecution and slavery. And slavery. Go ahead. The slave markets were full of black Jewish slaves. The slave markets were full of what type of slaves? Black Jewish slaves. No, they were white boys. Black Jewish slaves. So how the hell are they the two, two Jews, man? When this source right here said that the, the 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 Jews that fled from Jerusalem was black, and they got sold into slavery. The other book said that these the uh, uh un, what did it say? About ninety-seven thousand inhabitants of Judea were taken captive, and an unknown were number taken captive. So this goes hand in hand what we reading. And Rudolph uh, A. Windsor's book, and those captives were black. And an unknown number had fled either before or during the siege. She said unknown number, but this says one million Jews, and they were black. It was black folks. Now, I did find it in Luke. So let me get it real quick. Luke chapter 21 and verse 21. Stay with you, and I'm going to just read it. 
I'm sorry, verse 20. And this is Christ speaking. He says, And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is night. So Christ said, when you see Jerusalem, because it said in that book in 65 uh, B.C., uh, Jerusalem was occupied. So he said, when you see them, them armies occupying, then know that the destruction of Jerusalem is near. He says, then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. So remember, and I'm sorry, not 65 uh, B.C., 70 A.D. is when he's talking about. And just like the other book said that many of them flee. Read that part again about them leaving. And an unknown number had fled either before or during the siege. Before or during the siege. Now, this goes hand-in-hand what Christ said. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountain, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereunto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. So Christ was saying, when you see Jerusalem compassed with these armies, it's time to go. He said, don't come, don't come back for no high holy days, none of that. You need to leave. Verse 23. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and the wrath upon this people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, which also means nations or heathen, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Man, this is history. Now, we got uh, two secular sources and the Bible. These are facts. All right, now go back to uh, Rudolph or Wimsey's book. Page 84. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. Now, I wanted you to start at the beginning, but the brother cites Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 64. Now, but jump up here and read that part. In the year 65 B.C., the Roman armies under General Pompey captured Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. In 70 A.D., General Vespasian and his son, Titus, put an end to the Jewish state mm-hmm. with great slaughter. During the period of the military governors of Palestine, many outrages and atrocities were committed against the residue of the people. During the period from Pompey to Julius, it has been estimated that over one million Jews Fled into Africa. Fled where? Into Africa. So, if the Jews was white, why would they run down into Africa? Because they went to Africa to do what, Read. Fleeing from Roman persecution mm-hmm. and slavery. We were running from Roman persecution and slavery. If the real Jews were white, they would have stuck out like so thumbs in Africa, man. We went into Africa because the Africans are dark like us. We went to hide amongst other dark-skinned people. We could blend in down there. Come on, y'all. You got to think. Read. The slave markets were full of black Jewish slaves. And a lot of us became slaves. A lot of us became gladiators. And a lot of us built the uh, Colosseum in Rome that we was fighting in. So that was us, y'all. The gladiators that you read about that was fighting the damn tigers and the bears and 
all them damn uh, shows they used to put on, reacting their uh, battles and stuff. Go back and watch. Uh, oh man, what was the damn movie <clears throat> with uh, Russell Crowe in it? Um, Gladiator. Go back and watch that movie. There's a scene in the movie where it talks about the the Parthian. Uh, it talks about Hannibal. Those were all black people, y'all. But they had Russell Crow, Russell Crowe's character and a whole bunch of other people, and it was the brother that was with him that was reacting the battle that they had against the Parthians. The Parthian Empire were black people, y'all. That was us. That was us. We were the gladiators in those arenas. All right, read on. This prophecy and all the residue of the prophecies contained in Deuteronomy 28:15-68 befell the black Jews after they disobeyed the laws of God. Now remember what he says: the prophecy of Deuteronomy chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through 68, befell the Jews. So if you call yourself a Jew, then this you should be able to trace your lineage back to the prophecies of Deuteronomy chapter 28. You should be able to trace your lineage and your your uh, people's history back to that chapter. If you can't, then you're not a Jew. The people that run around calling themselves Jews, their history doesn't go back to Deuteronomy 28. And I'll break that down. And as a matter of fact, after I get done with this series, I'm going to lead them into Deuteronomy chapter 28 to further prove that these people ain't God's people. And to prove to our people yeah, we are God's people, man. We don't. They fell the black Jews after they disobeyed the laws of God. Many nations transported the Jews into slavery. Many nations transported us into slavery, including the fake people who call themselves Jews, them people. Read. And the sons of Israel transmigrated to every continent. And we went to every continent, y'all. So listen to this, read. The Jewish philosopher... Philo, about 40 B.C. to 40 A.D., who lived in Alexandria, Egypt, said that one million Jews resided in Libya and Egypt from the Catabasmos to the borders of Ethiopia. So the movie that the brother put out, man, I, why I keep forgetting his brother's name? Ronald. Ronald. Ronald who? Ronald Dalton Jr. Ronald, Ronald Dalton Jr. The information that he got about us being in Africa was correct. This was correct. Historical records prove it. We're reading it right now. Read on. Professor A.H. Godby says that Philo leaves us doubtful about which boundaries of Ethiopia he meant. I think that Philo meant the western and southern boundaries of Ethiopia because the prophet Zephaniah mentioned from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, the daughters of my dispersed. There was a period of over 600 years between Zephaniah and Philo, and considering the new waves of immigrants coming into Africa, they had 600 years to penetrate toward all the borders of Ethiopia. We had how many years? 600. So we was in Africa for a long time, y'all. We was actually there longer than that. We? E. Scherer wrote that Hebrewism was detectable 
by its inscriptions from the Egyptian border westward across North Africa to Mauritania. A.H. Godby says Jerome, 340 to 420 A.D., one of the four doctors of the church, wrote that the Jews were spread from the western extremity of Mauritania to India. So we were spread from Mauritania all the way to India. So the brother actually went into that in the movie, too, about how we were spread all throughout India. But this is how we got there, y'all. When we, when we were chased out of Jerusalem, a lot of us migrated to these places. So that's not saying that we're the East Indians or we're Africans. No, we just lived amongst them. I want us to understand that. Read. Now, ancient Mauritania included part of the territory on the Atlantic Ocean, Morocco, and part of modern Algeria. Morocco is in Africa, y'all. Algeria is in Africa. Read. It is certain that the Jews had migrated all across North Africa by the second century. Y'all see that, right? This goes hand-in-hand with what we just read. You're going to read to the end of the highlight. Mm -hmm. Some scholars fix the date earlier than this. Right. So this is validity, man. These are facts. Now go back to uh, who was Esau, who was Edom, page 9, and read the rest of that. This is the last mention of the Edomites as a people in history. This is the last mention. What we're reading about, what we just read about, uh, Jerusalem getting sacked, uh, them trying to help us, us running down into Africa. So this is the last time you hear about those Edomites, who those converts. Read. Yet Bible prophecy indicates that Edom would be an enemy of Israel in latter times. But it said that they was going to be an enemy of us in latter times, and it says that Bible prophecy tells us that. Is that the end of it? We find that their only connection to a present-day people and religion is with the Jews and Judaism. We thus need it to... It says, read that again. We find that their only connection uh, to So a, the Edomites' only connection to us is what? To a present-day people and religion is with the Jews and Judaism. That's it. That's the only... They're, they're converts. They're converging. That's the only. That's the only thing that relates them to us. Because they converted to our religion. Yes. We thus need to trace back the origin of the Jews to see who they are and how they fit into the puzzle of who is Esau, Edom. Let's get a... when I do that. Oh, um, sometime, y'all, I'll be moving too damn fast, and I don't be getting everything down, man. Damn, damn, damn. Uh, wait a minute. That's it right there. Did you press something? Here we go. Hold on, y'all. Hold on. Let me correct my notes. Uh, 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's get this. Tell them where you, where you at. From the Wikipedia, Timeline of Jerusalem. This is a timeline of major events in the history of Jerusalem, a city that had been fought over 16 times in its history. During its long history, Jerusalem has been destroyed twice, besieged 23 times, attacked 52 times, and captured and recaptured 44 times. So this is about Jerusalem and how many times it's been fought over and captured. And this is going right hand in hand with what we read about um, the Edomites. Now go back to this part and read about the Bible prophecies right here in the Mm -hmm. book. This is the last mention of the Edomites as a people in history. Yet Bible prophecy indicates that Edom would be an enemy of Israel in latter times. So it says the Bible prophecy said that Esau is going to be an enemy of Israel in latter times. Let's get Psalm chapter 137. 137, and we're going to read verse 7, y'all. Psalm chapter 137, verse 7. Mm-hmm. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom. This was in who? Edom. Read. In the day of Jerusalem. In the day of Jerusalem. That's been fought over. Sixteen times in its history. Sixteen times. Read. Jerusalem has been destroyed twice, besieged 23 times, attacked 52 times, and captured and recaptured. 44 times. So that's Jerusalem. Now read the scripture again. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. So the word raise means to burn. Burn it, burn it, even to the foundation, meaning burn it down to the ground. And it has. We just read it. Historical accounts on Wikipedia is what we were reading from, which goes hand in hand with the Bible and the book who was Esau, who was Edom, that said there were biblical prophecies about Esau and how he, he was going to have what? Be an enemy of Israel in latter times. Be an enemy of us to latter times. So we got that account right there. Let's get Obadiah chapter 1. Well, it's only one chapter. We're going to start verse 10. Obadiah and verse 10. Now watch this. Because he said it was biblical prophecies about how Esau was going to be an enemy of Israel. But we finna get him. We already got one. Well, we're still dealing with the same one, but this is continuation or another precept to verify what we just read in Psalms 137. Obadiah chapter 1 and verse 10. Right behind Amos. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's a small book, y'all. But it's right behind Amos, right in front of Jonah. Obadiah 10. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob. Violence against your brother Jacob. Remember, Esau, Edom, is our brother. 
belly is saying. Read. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee. Read. And thou shalt be cut off forever. And the most I say, I'm going to cut you off forever because of the violence against your brother. What violence? We just read about how many times Jerusalem was captured and recaptured and ransacked. And what they did, they said, raise it, raise it in Psalm chapter 137. Burn it, burn it. This is what he's talking about. Read. Verse 11. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captives, his forces. So the Edomites, they've been the perpetrators of destroying our land, but other nations have too. And they sat and they watched it happen. Read. And foreigners entered into his gates. And cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast one of them. You was with them. This is the most I'm saying. You was with them. You're you're an accomplice. Read. But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother, in the day that he became a stranger. But you should have helped your brother. Is what he's saying. You should have looked at him like he was just a stranger. Read. Neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah. They did what? Rejoiced over the children of Judah. You rejoiced over the children of Judah, the southern kingdom, the kingdom that was there in Jerusalem. Read. In the day of their destruction. In the day of their destruction, you rejoiced over the, over the destruction of the southern kingdom. You orchestrated it. Most I say you shouldn't have did this historical facts, 70 A.D., the children of Judah, the word Jew is where you get the word Jew from. Neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. And you were speaking proudly in that day. Read. Verse 13, thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance. And they robbed the temple. The temple always got robbed. Esau really robbed it. Read. In the day of their calamity, neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. So it says you shouldn't have stood in the crossway. Now, remember, matter of fact, I guess we got to get that. Uh, did I put the book up? Here we go. It said they stood in the crossway. Now, we'll read this again. This is from uh, Rudolph R. Windsor's book, page 84. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the year 65 B.C., the Roman armies under General Pompey captured Jerusalem. In 70 A.D., General Vespasian and his son Titus put an end to the Jewish state with great slaughter. During the period of the military governors of Palestine, Many outrages and atrocities were committed against the residue of the people. During the period from Pompey to Julius, it has been estimated that over one million Jews fled into Africa, fleeing from Roman persecution and slavery. Mm -hmm. The slave markets were full of black Jewish slaves. The slave markets were full of black Jewish slaves. Now jump back over to Obadiah and read verse 14, because this is what it's talking about. Read. Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. So those Jews that were escaping out of Jerusalem, Esau was there to catch them and put them in slavery and bondage. Three. 
Neither shouldest thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. What do you mean deliver them up? He stole them as slaves, man. See, y'all, I'm not making this up. All this is historical. All these things actually happened. All right. Uh, that was verse 14. Now, let's go to Wikipedia now. Back to Wikipedia. Um So and we're going here to get the seeds of Jerusalem, y'all. So this is a Wikipedia, early Roman period. That's it. Seventy, well, all the way down to seventy. This timeline is is dope, man. Yeah. So it's got all the history of Jerusalem and its conquerors, as well as the history, the like the sidebar history that went around along with it. So read this part right here. 70 CE, Siege of Jerusalem, 70, Titus, eldest son, Emperor Vespasian. So this goes right along what we're reading, Titus Vespasian. See, these are historical facts, y'all. Read. Ends the major portion of first Jewish-Roman war and destroys Herod's temple on Tisha Ba'av. Ro- see that? So I wanted to get that to, to show that these things actually happen. Now go back to Esau Edom, page nine. <laughs> and now let's get into the bottom of the page. There you go. And read the title. The Origins of the Jews. The Jews of today fall within two main types, the Spartac Jew and the Ashkenazi Jew. All right. He said they fall into two major categories. The what Jew? The Spartac Jew. Uh-huh. So that's deal with the, the uh, Spartac. Spartac Jew, or some people say Sephardic Jew. Mm-hmm. So let's deal with them. Read this right here. Now, this is from Wikipedia also. What? what is, read what it says. Spartac or Sparty Jews, also Spardin or Hispanic Jews. Or so-called Hispanic Jews. Are a Jewish diaspora population associated with the Iberian Peninsula. So when it says Jewish diaspora, the word diaspora means uh, to disperse. So the Jews were dispersed, and we already read that. We got that history. We went all throughout these different regions, and it says the Iberian Peninsula. It's talking about Spain, y'all. We don't. The term, which is derived from the Hebrew, Svarad, literally Spain, can also refer to the Mizrahi Jews of Western Asia and North Africa, who were also influenced by Sephardic law and customs. Many Iberian Jewish exiles also later sought refuge in Mizrahi Jewish communities, resulting in integration with those communities. All right, so those are the Sephardic Jews. Now, before y'all start getting um, confused about the demographics and where it said that these Jews ended up at, thinking that they white people. I'm pulling this book now. Nature knows no color line, and we're on page uh, 123. Page 123. 
and want you to read the highlight part. Now, remember, Iberia is Spain, and the, these Sephardic Jews, they they were in Spain. Y'all want us to remember this. So this is Nature Knows No Color Line. The author's name is uh, Rudolph, Rudolph A. I'm sorry, I'm okay. tripping. J.A. Rogers wrote this. J.A. Rogers wrote this one. Page 123. Especially dark were the Jews of Spain and Portugal. What? Especially dark were the Jews of Spain and Portugal. So these Sephardic Jews, the real ones, were dark. So we, we we fled about Jerusalem. We didn't just go into Africa, y'all. We went everywhere. It's going to tell you. Read. The Portuguese Jews were very dark. So we Christians. were in Spain and Portugal. It says they were what? Very dark. Very dark. Does this sound like white boys to y'all? Read. The Duchess de Brantes, wife of Napoleon's ambassador to Portugal, said that the Jew, the Negro, and the Portuguese could be seen in a single person. What? Read that again. The Jew, the Negro, and the Portuguese could be seen in a single person. All one in the same. I, I hope this didn't go over your head. Read. You jump down. No, keep reading. So dark were the Jews, especially of Portugal and southern Spain. Uh, oh, y'all are listening. So dark were the Jews, the real Jews. Read. That many whites thought all Jews were black or dark. They thought that all Jews were black and dark. Well, they're right for thinking that. The Jews are dark people, people with melanin. Us. Read. This belief, said Barbeau, shows what an error most people are in. So this Barbeau cat said, no, that's not true. He's coming to, you know, you know how white folks be. No, that is not true. The Jews are white. Listen to what he said. Read. Said Barbeau, shows what an error most people are in since, he says, the German Jews, as, for example, those of Prague, are as white as most of their German countrymen. Many of the Jews who were banished from Portugal by John II. He said that the Jews that are in Germany, he said they was dark. Keep going because we're going to go to page 130. So it's got pictures, y'all, of us in these places and his brothers. Keep turning. 130, page 130. Page 130. Settled in the West Indies. John Bigelow, who visited Jamaica in 1850. So this dude settled in the West Indies, in the in the Caribbean, y'all. It says John Bigelow visited Jamaica in when? In 1850. 1850, read. Saw the descendants of these Jews and says they were no-groids. He saw the descendants of these Jews and said they was what? No-groids. Basically niggers. Read. The Eastern Jews who settled in Austria, Poland, and Russia were Negroid too. <laughs> Come on, man. So he said the Jews that was in the Caribbean was Negroid brothers. And the ones that settled where? In Austria, Poland, and Russia. Austria, Poland, and Russia. See, we was all throughout the world, y'all. We're all throughout the world. Read. 
Count Adam Gorowski of Poland, who visited the United States in 1857, said... Now, he, this dude, this count, visited the United States in, in 1867. 1857. 57, read. Said the Jews of his country strongly resembled American mulattoes. Where was he from again? Of Poland. He was from Poland. He said the Jews of America, what? The Jews of his country strongly resembled in mulattoes. They look like the American mulattoes. So he said those Jews over in Poland, they look just like the brothers that was here in the States. Can't make this up, man. Read. Numbers of Jews, he said, have the greatest resemblance to the American mulattoes. Yeah. Sallow complexion. Sallow complexion. The word sallow means dark. Read. Thick lips. Look at this. The big lips. Read. Crisp black hair. Uh, Kanky hair. Read. Of all the Jewish populations scattered over the the globe, one-fourth dwells in Poland. I am therefore well acquainted with their features. He said, I know what Jews look like. They black people with big lips and frizzy hair and wide noses. On my arrival in this country, America, I took every light-colored mulatto for a Jew. Because they are Jews. We are Jews. Read. Considerable Negro strain was found, too, among the Polish Jews in London. He said considerable Negro strain was found amongst who? <laughs> the Polish Jews in London. The Polish Jews. And he ain't talking about no DNA. Listen to what he said. Read. For years, two New York white dailies, the news and the mirror, have been advertising kinky hair straightened permanently in one treatment. They've been advertising kinky hair to be straight. So these are the straightening products, the perms. Read. The service is for whites only. Ain't that something? Read. The customers are probably Jews. (laughs) A Negro hairdresser in Harlem. So we said the customers are probably Jewish people. You know how white folks want to look like us? They go get the perm to make their hair curly. It has the the, uh, reverse effect on them. We get the perms to make our hair straight. They get the perms to make their hair curly. A Negro hairdresser in Harlem once had many of them among her customers. Karl Marx, who bore a strong resemblance to Frederick Douglass. What? what, what? Karl Marx. Karl Marx. This is the dude that started Marxism, so-called communism. He it said he bore a strong resemblance to who? Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass was a brother. Actually, his dad was Esau, but he had the features of a brother. So he said Karl Marx looked like Frederick Douglass, man. Read. Undoubtedly came of this Negroid stock. His, wow. his nose was broad, his hair frizzly, and his color so dark he was called the Moor. They call him the Moor. The word Moor means black, y'all. Read. Negro strain was even more evident in Ferdinand LaSalle, now, you, you, you notice how the brother didn't say nothing about no DNA? He's going by features. He's going by mannerism. Listen, y'all, y'all can do that 23 and me and all that crap that you want to and waste your money only for them to tell you that you're from somewhere in damn Nigeria or something and you mix with this and mix with that 
But these history books are less expensive. The Bible's less expensive way to trace your lineage and your heritage. It's less expensive to talk to your oldest relatives to see how far your people go back and where y'all originated from. That's less expensive and more to the truth rather than that damn guesswork. We don't. Aristocratic founder of socialism, Marx, his rival, called him a Jewish nigger. You called him a what? A Jewish nigger. Come on, man. A Jewish nigger. Read on. A greasy Jew from Breslau who was always concealing his woolly hair with all kinds of hair oil and makeup. That's that's all right. (laughs) Read. In a letter to Engels, March 7th, 1856, he said of LaSalle, it is perfectly obvious from the shape of his head and the way his hair grows that he is descended from Negroes. Yep. Another source of considerable Negro, Negro strain in the white stock were the black pages who were common in the families of the nobility of the rich throughout Europe. And throughout where? Throughout Europe. We were on throughout Europe, y'all. This whole book, y'all. If you get the opportunity or if you find the book, give him the author's name again. Entitled the book. Nature knows no color lines by J. A. Rogers. This brother has 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 a segment in here. A lot of teachers, y'all. Negro coats of arms, and what it is is those crests that you see all throughout Europe, but it's the original people that was there, us black folks. And he has crests in here. Some of them have the Star of David in, on them. Man, it's a it's a dope book. Another source of considerable Negro strain in the white stock were the black pages who were common in the families of the nobility and the rich throughout Europe, as far north as Russia. As far north as what? Russia. So, yeah, you were Russian Jews. I know it it was like a running joke or something, but that's real. You had Jews in Russia. It was us. Read. These blacks were so used for many centuries and as late as the First World War. They usually married into white families and are undoubtedly some of the Schwartz. Schwartz some of the who? Some of the Schwartz. So this word Schwartz comes from the word Swarty, which means black. So Schwarzenegger, remember him? His name ain't white. That's, that's a black name. Because we were all throughout those regions. But like he just mentioned, we intermingle with these people. And this is how you get the dynasty of uh, Princess Elizabeth that just died and all this other stuff because we were marrying in and eventually they basically procreated our lineage out to where there was no more black people. Read on. Schwarzman, Moors, and others in European coats of arms. The park at San Susi, residence of the Prussian rulers, has busts of some of these Negro favorites. In fact, Negro ancestry cropped up in some of the unexpected places, as in the Swedish royal family. Bernadotte, its founder, had a slight Negro strain inherited in southern France, and Gustavus IV had considerable, considerably more, as I have shown in Volume 1 of Sex and Race. You're going to read to the, the end of the highlight. Okay. Portraits of Gustavus IV, especially one of him on horseback by Lafresnin, 
the younger, and now in the private collection of Baron Rommel, leave no doubt of this. In short, Germans are not the pure whites many assert they are. But remember that dude was talking about the Jews in Germany were whites. But this brother said, no, he got facts that, no, the real Germans, the original Germans or Germanic people were brothers, black folks. That it? Several German writers agree on that, among them Frederick Hertz. And he's got proofs. Other writers said the same thing. Agree? Ronald Springer and Rudolf Rocker. Beethoven, for instance, is named by all three as showing Negro blood. And said that Beethoven was black. Three, three authors said the same thing. Three historians said the same thing. Beethoven, black, black dude, brother. He makes this stuff up, y'all. Let's get songs. 83, and start of verse 1. We got a little bit of time left, y'all. I thought, I thought we were going to get farther, man. It's all good, though. Y'all, I don't know how many points I'm going to have to this because I got so much information. It's ridiculous. Psalm 83 and 1. Read. Keep not thou silence, O God. Mm-hmm. Hold not thy peace, mm-hmm. and be not still, O God. Mm-hmm. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, mm-hmm. and they hate thee, and, those, and, and they that you. hate thee have lifted up the head. Uh-huh. They have taken crafty counsel. Crafty counsel, because we're reading about the Sephardic Jews and finding out that they was brother, they was black people. And we read out of the other book, the dude said the, uh, the majority of the Jews the the uh, or the Sephardic Jews and the Ashkenazi Jews. The Ashkenazi Ashkenazi means German, and we already got what the Sephardic Jews look like and what the German Jews look like. They're people of color, so you might ask yourself, well, how the hell did they become white? Well, we're reading. They took crafty counsel in doing this to taking on our, our identity and who we are as a people. Read against thy people. And consulted against thy hidden ones. Mm-hmm. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. They said, let's cut them off from being a nation, a people. So that what? That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. The name of Israel is no more in remembrance. Because you hear a lot about the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, but you don't hear much about Israelites until we brought it up. So we started saying it. The name of Israel no more in remembrance of who we are as a people and that we were in all these places and that the original Jews are people of color. Read. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. They all ganged up, all the nations ganged up and came against us. Now listen to the main culprit. Read. The tabernacles of Edom. The tabernacles, the word tabernacle means houses. So the houses of the nation of Edom is the main culprit behind this deception. They the ones that make it so we ain't uh, a people no more. People don't know that the real Jews are black. They the ones that did this. Now give me Deuteronomy 32 and verse 21. The Most High prophesied this though. Watch this. The Most High told us this was going to happen. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 21. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 21. They have moved me to jealousy. So the Most High said we moved him to be jealous. Read. With that 
which is not God. With that which ain't a power, read. They have provoked me to anger. We made most the most high mad. Made them upset, read. With their vanity. With our worthless behavior, read. And I will move them to jealousy. And you say you're gonna do us the same way. <laughs> you gonna make me jealous? I'm gonna make you jealous then. Read. With those which are not a people. <laughs> With who? Those which are not I'll a people. I'll make you jealous of the so called white man which ain't a people. Please tell me what is white culture? I'll wait. There are no people, a non-people, y'all. They don't have a culture. They, their culture is to steal everybody else's culture. That's their culture. Is that it? I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. You see, I'm going to provoke my people to anger with a nation that's foolish as hell. You know, the same people that say if you're a woman, you could be uh, pronounced as a man or you can use the pronoun as a man. It's crazy. I went to the doctor yesterday. And they had on the little thing um, gender affiliation. And they had a little section. Yeah, I couldn't believe that mess. So I want to read y'all this. This is nominal. The the definition for nominal. This is uh, B, bearing the name of a person. So bearing the name of a person is not being a nominal. Now, this is definition 2B, existing or being something in name or form So these Jewish people, they truly are nominals, and they have stolen our identity. And most hypothesized that this was going to happen. I'm going to get back to my point, y'all. When we come back, we're going to pick back up, and who is Esau, who is Edom, page 9 about the origin of Jewish people. All right, I hope everybody got some edification. You got some out of the show. Uh, man, like I said, I don't know how many parts it's going to be. I got too much information. But um, thank uh, the Waterman Shop for looking for the broadcast. The water for everybody tuning in. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you got edified. And until next week, Lord willing, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Please tune in to Sons of Pop. Tuesday. Sons of Pop. Tuesday. Sons of Pop. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. The water, y'all. Shalom. And with that, y'all, we're going to say shalom. shalom.